For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome to Believe. That's B-L-E-A-P in Lions right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, at Javanaugh87, Jack Kavanaugh, and we have ourselves a very special episode with a very special guest. Even if I do have to apologize for the Chicago Bears bias that he brings, but couldn't pass up the chance to talk to this electric individual host of the Believe in Bears podcast, host of the Bet on Chicago podcast. Please welcome at Joey Sports Guy, Joey Christopoulos. Jack, this has been a long time coming. I'm so excited to be on the show. You're a great Twitter follow. I always enjoy your tweets and checking out your content. So anyone that's listening right now, you should definitely make sure that you give him a follow. And also, what better way, you know, if you put our two football teams together, they combined for what, about eight wins this year? We still probably wouldn't get us into the playoffs. So we're like we're like that dive bar on a 2 p.m. Uh, come on in for a beer. The beer is cheap. Let's have a great time. I'm excited to be here. That that's the thing. It, you forgot about the tie. We we do add a tie in there. Oh, as yes. well. Percentage points. Percentage points. This counts. <laughs> hey, it, it got the Steelers into the playoffs at that tie. <laughs> it ended up ruining all of our lives. But we we won't talk about that. Instead, we will commiserate about life in the NFC North. But first, we'll hear a word from our lovely sponsors at BetOnline.ag. Bet Online would like to wish you a happy new betting year as we continue our march to the playoffs and beyond. Bet Online remains the number one spot for all the best sports wagering action for 2022. New year and a new updated desktop and mobile website. So sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. That's B-L-E-A-V. From football, basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for 2022. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports. BetOnline where the game starts love it (laughs) love it joey thanks for hopping in there should have got you to collab on the ad read but harmonize yeah we could have harmonized we could have we love that online here at the believe podcast network we do we do and we'll be talking more about them later but we've got to talk first about your chicago bears and what's going on there because for the first time in what feels like years 
the Lions have more of an organizational direction <laughs> than the Chicago Bears. Well, yeah. Okay. Yes, this is true. We are now. Th- what's so funny about this is obviously you guys made this move last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you, know, you completely changed the whole the whole ship. Brought in Dan Campbell, started over, brought in Jared Goff. You know, new era, new feeling. Let's see if we can build it up from there. That's what the Chicago Bears should have done last year after they lost to the New Orleans Saints in the playoff game. They came back, and I've said this so many times, but, you know, Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy came back for the encore that no one wanted. People were heading to the parking lot on the Matt Nagy era, and then they came out to play some more music. And now we're at this point where, you're right, man, we're we're in the same position a little bit, you know, very similar. For the Chicago Bears fans, you know, this is something that's been going on for over 10 years, and this has happened ever since George McCaskey took over as chairman. If we all remember, Lovey Smith was the coach of the Bears with this great cover two defense. They fired the general manager, Jerry Angelo. What did they do? They brought in Phil Emery. They kept Lovey Smith, kept him for one year. Won 10 games, Phil Emery, then fired Lovey Smith. The next guy that comes in is Mark Trestman. Could have been Bruce Arians. Wasn't Bruce Arians and necessarily because there was this whole thing of who's going to keep Jay Cutler? How are we going to keep Jay Cutler? We kept him, did the extension. Then when we fired Phil Emery, we fired Mark Tressman. What do we do then? We keep the quarterback. We hire Ryan Pace, and then we make him hire John Fox. That wasn't Ryan Pace's pick. So this whole time we've had this dis- disjointed nature of how we go about our organizational structure from GM to coach to quarterback. Right now we're trying to get two out of three because we have Justin Fields as our quarterback right now. But, again, is he necessarily the hand-picked guy of the next GM and coach that we're hiring? No, it's not true. I think Justin Fields is totally talented. But, again – all of a sudden now, is this GM going to be 100% on board with our quarterback? It's a huge wait and see. There are tons of candidates. It's like, who needs American Idol when you have this GM coach <laughs> that's right now at the Chicago Bears? It's a very exciting time, Jack. It is. It is. And my co-host, Jerry Ball, he talks all the time about how you can't be operating in silos as management. You can't have the coach over here doing one thing and the GM over here and the management over here. It needs to be one cohesive vision. So I wonder if the Bears can find that with this hiring process. George McCaskey leaves a lot of questions on the table because you've said, you know, not worked out too well with him. But Mommy says it's going well. Well, no, Mommy says that she's very, very disappointed. So when you know that happens, she's not upset. She's just very, very disappointed. And this just leads to deeper-seated issues, too, as well. If you, For a Bears fan, we woke up, and Pace and Nagy were out in the same morning. Finally, we're going to get some change here. Breath of fresh air. Four hours go by. George McCaskey gets in front of the microphone, and then he starts saying some of the most bizarre stuff you're ever going to really hear at a press conference from a chairman or an owner of a football team, let alone any sports franchise. So we're kind of right back where we're at. And for Chicago Bears fans, and for NFC North at large, you know where we are at looking forward, as a Bears fan, of course, as an optimist, I'm going to say this is always an opportunity to get it right. You know, this next hire, this next GM, this is the opportunity to get it right for maybe the long term and have some stability. But again, there's the other door that you can open and say, here we go again as a Bears fan. That's the problem you can run into because look at the Lions. Things were going well. Jim Caldwell, they were on the right path. They had stagnated. Don't get me wrong. It was the right decision to move on from Jim Caldwell. But then you replace him with Matt Patricia. Instead of elevating the team from the plateau of here to here, you plummet completely. And you start over after three years. And 
it's bare bones in this organization. It finally feels like the Lions are heading in the right direction. It finally feels like everyone is on the same page, but it took a long time and we still don't even know. So credit to the Bears. They've decided to start over at the right time. And they are one step ahead of the Lions in the fact that I do believe they have their QB of the future if they can get someone to buy in on Justin Fields. So who do you think that is? Who do you want to see as the head coach of the Chicago Bears? Because Matt Eberflus, we know he's a second-round contender in the interviews. Ed Dodds has pulled out. What's Joey's wish list, and what's Joey's expectation? Okay, which one do you want first? Let's do wish list first, because that's more yeah. fun, right? Let's yeah. do wish list. So I've maintained, and I've said it on the pod for a while, and I've actually I've been saying this for about six or seven months now, that if the Chicago Bears were serious about possibly contending for a Super Bowl with a rookie like Justin Fields on a rookie contract right now and developing him, the answer to this question is Sean Payton. Now I know what you're saying. Now I know what you're saying. He's in he's in New Orleans. He's got he's it's it's got it tailor made down there. He can do whatever he wants. Well, here's my pitch to Sean Payton and everyone that would say that. First of all, let's look at the Chicago Bears situation. They do have a player like Justin Fields on a rookie contract. Sean Payton, who used to be in the Bears organization, can come here right away and obviously have carte blanche of whatever he wanted to do. He could handpick his GM if he wanted to. He can have his say in the draft if he wanted to. He can have his say on free agents if he wanted to. Now, if you go down to New Orleans right now, they've built a wonderful organizational structure down there. But I ask you, who is their quarterback? Is it Taysom Hill, who's about to have surgery on both of his feet? Is it bringing back Jason uh, uh, James Winston on a torn ACL? Is it on Trevor Simeon? Is it burning three first-round picks for a guy like Russell Wilson when their salary cap is already a problem to begin with? I don't see a scenario where the New Orleans Saints have a better chance at winning the Super Bowl in the next five to eight years than, in theory, the Chicago Bears would if Sean Payton came in here and rejuvenated a fan base. Again, if he came out here, we would pay him buku dollars. We're talking more than Bill Belichick, $13, $14 million a year. There are a lot of ties between Mickey Loomis and the Chicago Bears organization back channel wise from Ernie Accorsi to Jerry Angelo, obviously to Ryan Pace, who got hired here four or five years ago. That is my dream pick. Will he do that? I'm not so sure. Will we ever hear about that rumor happening until it happens? I don't think so. So it's still up there to be debated. Now, my good co-host, Corey Wooten, former Bears defensive end, former Detroit Lions defensive end, too, as well, Corey Wooten. Yeah, he likes Jim Harbaugh. Now, Jim Harbaugh, for him, he just feels like it's a culture changer. Now, he's not saying this can solve all of your problems, but he says in the next three, four, five years, he can get us to where we need to be, which is an established franchise. And he just looks at what he did in San Francisco with a guy like Colin Kaepernick, not too dissimilar from the skill set of a Justin Fields, a guy like Frank Gore, not too dissimilar for, similar from a skill set of a David Montgomery, a Michael Crabtree, Darnell Mooney, Vernon Davis and Cole Komet's a hard sell. <laughs> Vernon Davis is pretty good, right? But, again, he just looked at what happened in that offense, and he played against those Harbaugh teams in his playing career, and he said that's the kind of football that we need and the culture change and maybe the power that needs to take over at House Hall because clearly with George McCaskey, he wants someone to take control. He's not the one. I'm just a fan. I'm not a football evaluator, as he clearly obviously says. Now, those are the pie in the skies. Uh, Matt Eberflus, look, um, great respect among the Indianapolis Colts. We're obsessed with the Colts whether it be Morocco Brown, because Chris Ballard used to be involved with our organization, or Matt Eberflus as well. I'll be honest with you, the name feels weird, Jack. 
Eberflus. Does that sound like a Super Bowl coach? I don't know. I don't want to sound, you know, uh, shallow about it or make his name trivial. But Eberflus kind of hits a wrong chord with me. Brian Dable's a big name out here. Obviously, you know, he's a guy who's failed in other previous offensive coordinator positions, but now has a guy named Josh Allen, who we hope could maybe develop. Justin Fields, not maybe into Josh Allen, but pretty damn close. You got Brian Flores out there. Uh, Brian Flores comes with a ton of baggage and also a guy who's failed with many, many offensive coordinator hires. He's kind of a lovey 2.0. Do we steal Nathaniel Hackett from the offensive coordinator position at Green Bay? I'm personally, just to wrap it up, is that I'm not really a hot assistant coordinator guy. You know what I mean? I'm not looking for the next hot assistant coordinator dude to come in here and remake it. I'm kind of looking for someone with some experience, someone that can kind of guide and take the ship and really kind of put his imprint on this Bears franchise. And I think we are thirsty as an organization for that type of control. And that's where I kind of see that fit, right? I completely get that. The Bears, as you said, need a steady direction. We can't have any more of this Ryan Pace to John Fox to Matt Nagy. It it just, it, it was icky. It didn't work out for anybody. So there needs to be just stability, a structure in place. And I was hoping maybe Brian Dable would come just because that would be so fun to see him work with Justin Fields. It's kind of starting to feel like the Giants are interested in Bill's assistant GM, Joe Schoen, and Dable would be the guy that accompanies him there. So that just creates more question marks than we have answers to. One question I have, though, what about Doug Peterson? Is that a little bit awkward? Because Matt Nagy took over for Peterson in Kansas City, replaced him. Is that something that Bears fans would completely revolt at? Um, I don't know about revolt at, but lukewarm is definitely a great way to categorize it. He definitely interviewed for the job. He was one of the first Mm. people to interview for the job with the Chicago Bears. Uh, He did take him to a Super Bowl, the Philadelphia Eagles. As we're learning now, you know, him benching Carson Wentz for Jalen Hurts was the right move. I think we're all learning that right now. Um, I will say that he came in, he spent time in our training camp last year. So he's been in our building already as a special assistant consultant with Matt Nagy. They're close buddies. Um, they do bend each other's ear from time to time. I think that's what probably cooled us on going after Carson Wentz last offseason was some people in our organization talked to Peterson and he said, no, you know, <laughs> threw up the red flag and said, do not, do yeah, not. Right, rightfully so. Um, unfortunately, I do not think it would energize the fan base. I do feel it's a little bit of retread. And if you kind of dive deeper into the numbers, Doug Peterson's offenses weren't really that amazing. And look, I'm not saying he's a bad head coach. I wish him success if he does land a job somewhere else. I just don't think he'd be a right fit for the Chicago Bears at this particular time. Yeah, I, I completely agree. He It's not bad to have a retread, someone who knows what they're doing, but it feels as though it'd be more of the same with Matt Nagy. And no one wants that after watching this offense for the past couple of years. And that kind of brings the next question is whoever is the head coach, what happens on offense? Because we've, you've got some free agents here. Allen Robinson. He's probably gone too. Yeah. Also the reserve receivers, Jakeem Grant, Demir bird, Marquise Goodwin. They're all free agents. You only have Mooney and Daz Newsome, but then the offensive line's all free agents too. James Daniel, he's a free agent. Center Sam Mustafer, he's an exclusive rights free agent, so he's probably back. Your right tackle, Jermaine Effetti, and your left tackle, Jason Peters, all free agents. So 
I understand maybe bookends with the sophomores and Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum re-sign James Daniels and Mustafer and run it all back with Cody Whitehair there too. But is that what you want to see? What's the bigger need here? Receiver or offensive line? We're a lump of clay, molded as you will. That's what makes us so intriguing and enticing to all these names, Jack. That's what I'm trying to sell you right now. No, look, man, you're you're bringing up a great point. You know, the offensive line was, you know, it was such an interesting narrative last year. We came into the training camp saying, we're going to have the worst offensive line that you've ever seen in your life. And look, they actually played, they played decent, right? They played, you know, reasonable. And I don't think that that's something that you should really want to aspire to, but a credit to them for actually coming together and not being a total, complete disaster by the end of the season. You know, Jason Peters is 40 years old. I don't see him coming back. Jermaine Effetti was an experiment that we went on the cheap with that hasn't really worked out. I don't see him coming back either. James Daniels is going to be an interesting case of if they do bring him back, I'm not going to be upset. Um, And if they let him walk, I in in turn will not also be upset either. It's really going to be about, in my opinion, trying to figure out what we're going to do at left tackle. Now, Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum, a lot of rumors going on in Chicago right now is that we need to move Tevin Jenkins back to right tackle, which is what he played predominantly at in college. And maybe Larry Borum is your right guard. And all of a sudden, you've got a big right side of the offensive line, and you go out and you actually spend the money on someone that could play left tackle for you on a week-to-week basis, a professional that says, I know this guy can do the job. Not yeah, someone, someone like Charles Leno? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, though. No, I mean, honestly, like, and, and that was the thing was, you know, moving on from him, which was so funny because actually, you know, he's a pace guy. You know, he was drafted by that regime, and now all of a sudden they let him go. In terms of the wide receiver, I think it's going to be a little patchwork for a while. And what I would like to see is obviously you're going to bring back Darnell Mooney. I think Jakeem Grant's going to have a home here in Chicago. I would like to see them try and bring him back because I don't think he's going to cost a lot of money. In terms of going after Devontae Adams, I think you know better than anyone else. I can see him being franchised this year, right? Which kind of brings us over to guys like Christian Kirk, right? You know, guys that might cost seven or eight million dollars a year. I wouldn't mind that. I wouldn't mind that really at all. You know, obviously Chris Godwin and Michael Gallup torn ACLs. Those are going to be gambles. Uh, but you know, also there's a guy like Juju Smith-Schuster out there who might come back to Pittsburgh. But you can also get him on the cheap. Emmanuel Sanders, and then what everyone's saying right now is our second round pick, which is currently 39th overall. We're looking at wide receivers. You know, I mean that's probably where that goes. Either that or cornerback, one of the two. You know, George Pickens. You know. Character issue, man, the ceiling is very high. What do you do with that? With a new uh, GM coming in, does he make his mark possibly rolling the dice on that there? So they're going to have to kind of piece that together a little bit. We talk a lot about on the podcast, you know, do you, does a team really need a number one wide receiver or do you need depth and complementary pieces to go around Justin Fields? Um, I'm kind of more on the complementary pieces right now. I don't need someone, a wide receiver on the sidelines losing his mind because he's not getting the ball enough. Um, so, you know, going after a big guy like that, you know, I, I I might not be involved with another guy to keep an eye on too, and this is a guy to keep an eye on for the Lions too as well. What happens to Calvin Ridley this offseason? Yep. Right. I mean, I, I can't see him staying in Atlanta. Um, he still has a lot of value. You know, what he'll cost, and probably we can debate that. You know, third round maybe compensatory or moves up incentive wise, gets up to a two or something like that. But he's a guy that could be rejuvenated in a new city, and he could maybe have a home like in Detroit or like in Chicago, and he could thrive and come back as long as obviously we're provided that his mental health is on board. So um, a lot of questions, you know, I don't think it's an overnight snap of the fingers, but there are ways to, uh, you know, maybe solve some of these issues that we have, especially on offense. 
Definitely, definitely. And I kind of like that idea of Calvin Ridley maybe finding a home in the NFC North. With the Lions, we have all of these former player coaches and Antoine Randall L., him working with Calvin Ridley, they would be a beautiful pair. Hopefully work well together on the mental side as well and be able to just get the world back on track for Calvin Ridley because we are rooting for him. Well, do you mind? Do you mind if I bounce it back to you real quick? Because the Lions are in the same boat, my friend. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm on Ron St. Brown. You know, I get an opportunity. I write for a fantasy football website and I actually cover the Detroit Lions, um, which, which is fun for me. And ever since training camp, you know, you've been reading the articles about how what a great route runner St. Brown was. And he's, you know, he's going to burst onto the scene. Well, it took a little while until that final five weeks of the season. Outside of him, though, what did the Lions do? How did they target their wide receiver room? Because look, Tyrell Williams didn't work out. Rashard Perriman didn't work out. Khalif Raymond, nice player, but man, what is he? A wide receiver four? Yeah. Let's be real here. You know, what did they do in the offseason? So I have a vision for this Lions offense, and Amon Ross St. Brown, absolutely love him. Even before the breakout, I was calling him as the next Cooper Cup for Jared Goff. And then mm-hmm. obviously that looks a little bit bad now after the season that Cooper Cup had, but. <laughs> It's still valid in terms of early career and what they do in the slot. So I think that is your wide receiver one. And I don't, as you said, I don't think you need a wide receiver one, the the alpha X or anything like that. But why not a Monroe St. Brown as your wide receiver one? You re-sign Josh Reynolds to be that stretch Z, that deep threat. Khalif Raymond, you can probably re-sign on the cheap to be your punt returner wide receiver four. If they move on, oh well. And then maybe a Calvin Ridley you trade for. Or I would love it. USC reconnection with, Ju- or sorry, not Juju, although USC as well. Drake London, the big outside wide receiver. Someone like him, Traylon Burks or Garrett Wilson. Yeah. That is my wish list for the Detroit Lions in the passing game. And, and if I can real quick, it, you're not saying... I'm sorry. So what's your pick right now? Are you guys pick four? We are pick number two overall. I don't want to pick a wide receiver for, or with the first pick. Wherever those Rams line in, that's where you're going to be targeting me. Maybe that Garrett Wilson, maybe that Drake London. And also that could be, I mean, would you trade that Rams first rounder for a guy like Calvin Ridley? Or is that too rich for your blood? Uh, Well, the thing with the lions is they can afford it because they do have four first round picks in the next two drafts. Yeah. So, I'd be okay with it. Mm-hmm. It would have to, we would have to have the contract worked out before the trade went through because you can't risk the Jalen Ramsey situation, the Laramie Tunsil situation, the Jamal Adams situation where they have you over a barrel. You've traded a first round pick. You have to pay them whatever they want. Do that first. And then, yeah, I'm all for it. You can draft a wide receiver with that Rams pick. Maybe even with the second pick of the second round, you have that option too. The Lions have options. They have money, and I'm excited for it because when you look at the rest of the offense, all five offensive linemen starters can return. You can run it back with Solid. Decker, Jonah Jackson, Frank Ragnow, uh, Hal Vitae, and Panay Sewell. And then you have depth as well. Really, what the Lions need is that X receiver on the outside, a blocking tight end, a veteran, because Hawkinson's not that. He's a he's a big wide receiver. I love him, but he's not great at blocking. And then you also need not a starting quarterback, 
<laughs> but a QB to push Jared Goff because I like what I've seen from Jared Goff in Detroit. Great person. He can mm-hmm. look beautiful at times, but at other times he completely melts down and you can't afford to have Tim Boyle as your backup plan anymore. It's just, it's not feasible anymore. So maybe it's a Marcus Mariota. Maybe it's a Jameis Winston, or maybe you draft a quarterback late in the first, second, third, Bailey Zappi and Malik Willis and uh, from North Carolina, Sam Howell. Lions are working with all of them at the Senior Bowl right now or coming up soon, shortly. Those are all options. So those are the three needs for the Lions on offense. X-wide receiver, probably young, veteran blocking tight end, and backup quarterback. Um, yeah, I mean that I, I'm with you. I I'm not a Jared Goff guy. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. Um, and look, you know, it kind of a little bit of it is what it is, right? I mean, like you know, I think what you guys are gonna hopefully the the fruit that's gonna bear out of that are those first round picks, and that's what's got to be exciting as a Lions fan, right? Is that you actually haven't really gotten to see what the effect of that Stafford trade is going to do for your organization yet, because those yep. picks are still on the way. Yeah, in terms of pushing Jared Goff, I mean, yeah, I, if I were you guys. I know you're probably tied up in some money, but yeah, you know, like a Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, someone who's an actual professional, you know, what's Ryan Fitzpatrick doing? Who knows? Give him a call, see what happens. Because I think you guys would be interested in, I don't know if you're going to be playoff bound next year, but I would highly recommend you guys are going to want to be in some more games next year and win some more games. You know, the first six weeks of the season, my God, you guys were losing in the most heartbreaking fashion. I mean, whatever you can cook up. Devastating. Yeah, the heartbreaking, the heartbreaking cookbook right here. Let's look up the recipe of how to uh, devastate our fan base uh, on a week-to-week basis. So, yeah, if you guys can get in a position where you are, you know, maybe in that five to seven win range next year and then walk out of it and then maybe really start to think then of taking that swing at that quarterback and trying to maybe piece that together. And then by that third year, Dan Campbell, you can really start piecing yourself together and really tangibly sort of see it and really maybe start thinking about postseason. Yes, yes. And the only reason I want to maybe draft a quarterback this year is because I'm worried if golf looks good enough that they re-sign him and invest Ooh, in him. And yeah, I don't want don't that. Do that. Yeah. No, 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 no. You're tied to him for one more year. I've accepted mm-hmm. that. I'm okay with that mm-hmm. because there's always the future. But the worst thing you can do, and I've talked to Lofa Tatupu, was a fan of him from Believe in Seahawks. Mike Wall from the Believe in Packers podcast, he called Jared Goff a coach killer. He's the kind of guy that gets three coaches fired. And Sean McVay moved on before that happened, but it happened with Jeff Fisher. Hopefully it doesn't happen with Dan Campbell. We need to have a plan for life after Jared Goff, especially in this NFC North. Yeah, just living out here in Los Angeles, man, I'll just tell you from from my perspective and when I talk to Rams fans and when I watch the games, my whole problem with Jared Goff is, and you can look it up in the numbers too as well, you know, let's just take him back to the Sean McVay offense. You know, everything starts off really hunky-dory. We're going to try a lot of things. He's got this arm. We can make it happen. You look at his yards per attempt and yards per completion early in the season, usually in the seven and a half, low eights. You're like, okay, cool. Puts up a couple of good games here and there. But again, Sorry, tiny hands, the fumbling, the turnovers, the mistakes. As the year goes on, you start to see that yards per attempt go down. And what that says to me is that slowly there is an erosion of trust with what you can get away with with Jared Goff. And for me personally, that's inverse progress. You want to gain more trust in the offense as the season goes on. And that just seems to kind of be the MO with Jared Goff. 
you know, is he a good guy? Uh, absolutely. I just don't think he's a winning quarterback. And, you know, I've been on other Lions podcasts too as well. And this isn't like an anti-Lions thing. I think you guys just deserve better. You know what I mean? I Thank just, you. I, I really think you guys just deserve better than, than Jared Goff. And I just don't think that he is that type of answer for you guys. So, yeah, if you can find someone, a veteran that can push him a little bit, especially if, you know, he bangs his thumb on some helmet and has to miss a couple of weeks here and there, you can bring someone in that, yeah, that isn't named, you know, David Blau or Tim Boyle and, and maybe give you guys a real chance and maybe galvanize you guys where maybe Goff does end up sitting on the bench the rest of the year because you guys are winning games with somebody else. Exactly, exactly. That's all I'm looking for is another option, a path to the future because – Jared Goff is the perfect quarterback for when everything's perfect. When the receivers are open, when the offensive line has great protection, Mm -hmm. perfect quarterback. But as soon as a little bit of pressure comes his way, he gets the hose happy feet. He overthrows, checks it down, throws those interceptions. And when you're facing the monsters of the midway twice a year, that can't happen. Yeah. Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn are going to get pressure. And, that's kind of what I'm wondering for the Chicago bears this coming season is, is the defense going to be back? Cause they still have that strong core of Khalil Mack, healthy Robert Quinn, Roquan Smith. I know you talked about Jim Harbaugh. What about the linebackers that Jim Harbaugh's had? Roquan yeah. Smith can follow in that long line of successful. Yeah. Maybe bring back Vic Fangio. Uh, I don't know. Is this the year oh. the defense becomes elite again? So this is a this is a great question in terms of Harbaugh too as well. What I like about Harbaugh too as well is he's been able to identify talent at coordinator, which oh, I think yeah. is a very underrated skill because he had Greg Roman and Vic Fangio when he was in San Francisco, and look what they've gone on to do. You know, successful careers with the Ravens and then Bears and then head coach of the Broncos. He had Pep uh, Hamilton at Stanford as well. Yes, yes, and I think that's an underrated quality to be able to surround yourself with a strong staff, which I think is the reason why Dan Quinn is getting such. Uh, publicity right now, like yes. Barkley, he can put together a really, a really great staff. We'll see what happens in regards to the defense. Our front seven is going to be great again next year, um, and I think that is obviously an integral part to get you started. Whenever you want to talk about defense, um, it's going to be interesting to see what we do with our secondary. We got Jalen Johnson on one side, and then the other side, you know, was picked apart consistently last year. Whether it was Kendall Vildor or someone else, so I hope that they do go out and they draft somebody. In terms of safety right now, I do like Tayshawn Gibson. He's been on one-year deals with us the last couple of years. We'll see what happens. Kind of stuck with Eddie Jackson's money. But, again, we need more depth there. We need a nickel. We need someone that can actually come in and maybe provide a little bit more depth in those situations. I've been maintaining for a while that I think one of the undercurrents of the Chicago Bears is we're talking a lot about the offense right now. We're going to spend a lot of time investing all of our dollars in the offense. But this defense is going to be going through a state of transition in the next couple of years. And I hope Bears fans are ready for that and we can prepare for it. And that's going to be a big job with this general manager moving forward, because let's be real. Cleo Mack finally got the foot surgery that he probably should have had two years ago that he played through it. Everyone wants to give Cleo Mack a hard time. Dude's been playing hurt the last two years. Finally went under a knife, got that foot foot surgery. You got Robert Quinn for another year. Roquan Smith in his prime. But again, we might be saying goodbye to Akeem Hicks. So in terms of that front seven, it's going to be great next year. But over the next couple of years, we're going to have to turn that over. We're going to have to replace a Khalil Mack. We're going to have to replace a Robert Quinn. We're definitely going to have to replace a guy like Akeem Hicks. So next year, I'm right there with you. I think that could continue to be the backbone of our team. But moving forward, I mean, we're going to be seeing some changes. Um, we're going to be seeing changes a lot in the NFC North, I feel like, in the next couple of years. 
And, you know, hopefully the Lions and the Bears are two types of teams that are going to be the ones that are going to be ascending while these musical chairs kind of goes around. That's really what I'm hoping for. And also shout out to Akeem Hicks because the Canadian connection with me played his ball at the University of Regina in Saskatchewan. Love our Canadian NFL players. And I agree. I hope that the Bears and the Lions are able to profit off of all this chaos because the Vikings are also completely up in the air with their status. New GM will be hired before they hire a new head coach. Kind of the opposite of what the Bears are doing almost. Uh, What's going to happen there? Because I think Kirk Cousins is probably gone. It might be a hard rebuild in Minnesota. And that's why I think the Chicago Bears job is so much more attractive than the Vikings. Because you at least have a vision with Justin Fields. Yeah, you have a vision, you got something to build on. And and in terms of Kirk Cousins, look, like, I don't know if you're with me on this. If he comes back and plays for the Vikings next year, I'm fine with it. Right? Oh, I'm, like, yeah. And here's the thing is I try and keep things as simple as I can. Like, and, and I feel this way with Jared Goff. It's just Jared Goff and Kirk Cousins don't scare me. When I go up against them, I look at other aspects of the game of weaknesses and strengths. I'm not always worried about is the quarterback going to beat me in those types of moments. And that's where the Minnesota Vikings – are in the rock and the hard place with Kirk Cousins right now. If they move on from him, man, is it Kellen Mond? Holy cow. I don't know. You know, they, they would have to go out and they'd have to get a stopgap or something along those lines. You know, Justin, Justin Jefferson's a great player. I'm really curious with him what they would do with Dalvin Cook, who's still sort of kind of in his prime a little bit. But I'm with you, man. I think that they kind of do need to sort of tear it down a little bit. That defense of three or four years ago isn't the same as it was then. They got cash strapped a little bit and they had to move on from a couple of guys. And some of the guys that they did keep around weren't exactly able to stay in the prime that they wanted to. And for them, I, I would probably look at a situation of maybe taking a year off, you know, maybe trying to get into the top three. When was the last time the Minnesota Vikings were in the top three of the draft, right? And that actually can have a shot at a quarterback that can really, really energize and get them excited about the future. I mean, what was it? Christian Ponder at pick 11? You know what I'm it, saying? Like, and that was an overpick, too. We all know yeah, that. A long, long, long time ago. So I'm right there with you. And as much as both of us would like to think that Aaron Rodgers is heading out on his way of the NFC North, I think we're going to have to stick around. We're just going to have to take our lumps for another year or two on that front. But again, I think the Vikings could be heading towards a situation where they're sailing to the bottom. While our two franchises figure it out, we can maybe take advantage of that a little bit, pick up two wins a year from the Vikings for at least a year or two, and maybe see if that can also help us out with maybe uh, some postseason hopes in the coming years. That's what I'm, and and again, as a Lions fan commentator, I'm not hoping for this. But as a fan of good football, I am hoping that the Chicago Bears, or sorry, not the Chicago Bears, that the Vikings do the full blow up. Because they've tried to keep it together for way too long, as you've said. They've made the playoff, or have two playoff wins since Brett Favre retired. It just hasn't worked. They're good enough to compete, but not good enough to win. And they're not good enough to fully bottom out. So intentionally do it. Get rid of Kirk Cousins. Maybe trade Dalvin Cook for what you can get out of him. Just keep the young core talent like Justin Jefferson, Christian Derrissaw, and start over. Because what you were doing didn't work at all. Yeah, and even with Kirk Cousins... I mean, God, I, I, I saw this coming personally in training camp 
And look, I don't want to make this into anything more than let's just keep it factual, right? Like Kirk Cousins said he wasn't going to be vaccinated and his head coach publicly called him out for it. And they had this whole back and forth throughout training camp. And look, you can believe in whatever you want, call it momentum, call it juju, whatever it is. Their season started with the stink on it that they weren't able to get around, right? And now you have to ask yourself the question, can you just open up a window and just clear out that air by getting rid of the coach and the GM and keeping the quarterback? I think you got to get rid of all three, and that's why I think they got to move on from Kirk Cousins too as well this offseason. Funny that you say that early in the preseason when uh, I was still co-hosting the show with Derek Oakery, he asked me to predict the season whole way. And I thought that the Lions would lose that first game to the Vikings. Mm. And I didn't think that their second or their second game against the Vikings would be their first win of the season. But I did predict that there would be some friction that the Lions could take advantage of. And they did. And ultimately Zimmer is gone, but maybe it's time for just a complete rebuild in Minnesota start from scratch because you can't compete with the green Bay Packers. You probably can't compete with the lions and Chicago bears. So just start over. And I wish the Packers would start over too, but they probably won't. <laughs> yeah, well, one can only hope Christmas was over a month ago, Jack. So <laughs> we, are, we can only do so much at this time, but yeah, I'm with you. And I think about this as a Chicago bears fan sometimes too, as well of, you know, how long do you want to kind of drift in mediocrity? And sometimes when you rip the Band-Aid off and you go all the way to the bottom, sometimes you can get back up to the top a little bit quicker if you're just decisive about it. Not one foot in and one foot out, because sometimes then you can kind of, I don't know, be in that 6-11 and 11 territory that the Chicago Bears find themselves in. If we had ripped the Band-Aid off last year, went into it with a new GM and a new coach, either with that 20th pick, whether we moved up for Justin Fields or not, at the very least, we're at, we're on some sort of course right now. We'd be one year ahead of where we are as opposed to right now probably starting over again with, thankfully, Justin Fields, but a whole new regime, new play calling, all that good stuff. And just look at the difference that elite quarterback play can make for a team. I mean, you mm-hmm. look at the Cincinnati Bengals. Two years ago, they were the worst team in football, even with Andy Dalton for a lot of the season. Yeah. Now, they're one of the best teams in the AFC. In the Super Bowl hunt, that's what elite quarterback play can do. That's what an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson can do. So I know everyone wants to see Aaron Rodgers gone from our perspective, but we watched Jordan Love this season. Yeah, dude. I can't see, you as you said earlier, Devontae Adams, franchise tag. Aaron Rodgers, he's still under contract for another year. Why not one last run at it? Why not just get make Aaron happy if you're the Green Bay Packers? The only spot that, you know, it's probably a little premature to start talking about where Aaron Rodgers is going to go. I don't get the Denver Broncos thing at all. Why would you go play in the same division as Patrick Mahomes? That makes zero sense to me. The only one that's still kind of I would not shut the door on is if Aaron Rodgers – and the Green Bay Packer got together and they said, hey, we're going to move on from you. He gets traded to the 49ers for Trey Lance and a bunch of other stuff. And then they move on with Jimmy Garoppolo. And then he actually goes to San Francisco because that's a ready-made thing, right? Or if he goes to Pittsburgh or something like that. But in terms of him going to Denver, I don't see that for any second of any imagination. If he went to the Raiders or the Saints, I don't see how that's a win-now thing. I hate to say it, but the situation of him staying be- staying in Green Bay is better than any other thing that I see out there personally for him. And, man, you know, when you talk about elite quarterback play, just look at what Joe Burrow did against the Raiders last week. 
And it wasn't the it wasn't the touchdown passes or you know what I mean, the play with the introvert and whistle or whatever. This is when they had a third and seven, he picked it up, right? He found CJ Ozama and he picked up that first down. After maybe the Raiders come back and get a score, he came back and scored again, right? That's what elite quarterback play does. That's what Bears fans are starving for is a guy that in-game just settles everything a little bit. And a guy that you can count on. If you get down or if you give up a touchdown, he's going to go back and he's going to get points on the board. That's one of the best qualities about Tom Brady. Where Tom Brady just goes, you know what? I'm going to go get three points on this drive. I'm just doing it. It's just happening. And then he goes out and he does it. Like Those stabilizers, I think, really are part of some of the more underrated qualities of elite quarterback play. And that's what I think both our teams are looking for, man. We we truly are. And unfortunate for the Lions that this is the year they get the second overall pick instead of next year when there is Bryce Young from Alabama, when there's C.J. Stroud from Ohio State. Because I don't think there's a QB worth taking at two. I think it's going to be either Thibodeau or Aiden Hutchinson. But look at the Cleveland Browns. They built a pretty good roster that way by punting quarterback for a couple years. So you can have their quarterback now. You can have Jack. No. I think I think I'll pass on that one. Thank you for the offer. (laughs) Uh, Do you want him? No. No, I would take Mitch back. You should. You, I would. I would tell you to bring in Trubisky in before you bring in Baker Mayfield. I've thought about that, and that's one of the uh, veteran quarterbacks. Veteran, I say, but I'd be okay with because it's not a Colt McCoy, a Case Keenum, where you're just overpaying for nothing. Yeah, that would at least at least there's still some upside left in Mitchell Trubisky, but. I'm hearing some rumors he's going to follow Brian Dable to the Giants and compete with Daniel Jones, which would be the most hilarious QB competition of the offseason. I I sincerely hope it's true. Uh, Trubby in New York. um, I don't see it, Jack. I'm sorry. Well, he's Uh, technically in New York right now. Yeah. (laughs) Western New York. Yeah, but he's. I think he. I think in a big market. I don't know if big market is where MT ten is going to thrive. Let's just let's just leave it at that. That that is a good point. But when we talk about thriving, who's going to thrive throughout the playoffs that we've got? Divisional round coming up this weekend. Bet online has all of these beautiful spreads that you can bet on. You can take the over under. Plenty of prop bets as well. So. I got to know your picks. So let's take it game by game. Titans host the Cincinnati Bengals favored by three and a half. Who you got, Joey? So this is now what I, when I was talking last week about Raiders and Bengals, the part that I found it to be intriguing, just in terms of points being scored, a lot of people were taking the under on, on points being scored, which I actually think ended up coming true, but I kind of liked the Bengals in that matchup because both teams were sort of, you know, new to the dance. And sometimes when you get a new a new team into the dance, they play someone that's been there before. Sometimes you can see those hiccups and you can see that stagnant offense. But neither of them, you know, they were, you know, fresh as daisies. So they were able to play their game. And that's where Joe Burrow was have, able to have success. I got to be honest with you, man. I'm sticking with the Titans on this one. I really am. Now, I love Joe Burrow. I think he's a great quarterback. You know, what's going to be really intriguing about this matchup is you got two teams right now that were both in the top seven and stopping the run. And look, you know, Derrick Henry, I'm we're taping this what on a Wednesday right now. We don't know for sure if he's coming back, but I'm assuming that he plays in this game. If Derrick Henry plays in this game, I'm sticking with the Titans on this one. You know, they've been really good at stopping third downs this year. 
They're good at stopping the run. If they can take away Joe Mixon a little bit and turn it into a Joe Burrow fest one way or the other, I do think that the Titans are that type of team that's been there before that can trip up a new young face like the Bengals just enough to possibly come out and have a victory in Tennessee. Um, I don't love the pick, but I am sticking with the Titans because I know a majority of everyone's going with the Bengals. What say you? I am one of the majority going with the Cincinnati Bengals. Tell me, pitch me, pitch me. It feels, I'm going to talk about this pretty much with every game, but there's just an atmosphere around certain teams right now. There's Mm -hmm. just a a buzz and I don't know what it is, a certain mojo. And Joe Burrow talked about how no one got COVID on the team because there's not a lot to do in Cincinnati. They just hung out with each other and it's kind of like a brotherhood. It just feels like something special is building in Cincinnati. The one worry I have, though, they didn't keep their foot on the gas against the Raiders, almost let them come back and tie up the game. Again, this is their first dance in the playoffs, but that can't happen against the Titans because they will come back. The Titans don't care if they're down 21 points. They're still going to stick to their game plan and creep and creep and creep with Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill back into the game. So that's my worry, but I'm taking the Bengals to win. Definitely taking them to cover three and a half points. Packers hosting the 49ers favored by six points. Aaron Rodgers, our rival versus the team that now we're hoping that he plays for next year. As you said, (laughs) what say you? Um, I got to stick with the Packers on this one. And you mentioned him, Aaron Rodgers. This is kind of where it starts and it ends for me. I think this is going to be a great game. And, you know, I think we're very fortunate to have the 49ers in the playoffs because now they gave us a great game last week against the Cowboys. I think they're going to do it again this week. You know, I keep harping on it over and over again, Jimmy G and turnovers. You know, they went up against that Cowboys team with 22 interceptions last year. Uh, I'm sorry, this year. And they were able to get one in a crucial moment to turn the game over on its head. That just still terrifies me. And look, I, I do think the Green Bay Packers are going to be able to scheme up a way to at least get to Jimmy G once and sack him once, something the Cowboys were unable to do last week. And when it comes down to it, no matter what's happening in this game, Debo Samuel can run rough shot over everybody. The ball's in Aaron Rodgers' hands in crucial moments in the fourth quarter. I'm, I'm taking him all day long, especially at Lambeau Field. I do think that they squeak out a victory here. Um, I'm sorry, what is the line? Is it five and a half right now, Packers? Uh, it was six earlier when I looked it up. I still, I think the 49ers, you make a strong case that they're going to cover there. You know, I think that's a great, I think that's a great cover play for sure. Um, I would also maybe look at what the over-under is in terms of points. Um, you know, if it is, if it's anything under 48 and a half, you know, you can maybe talk myself into that on the under on that one. But I, I do think the Packers are going to be able to win. We're in lockstep. I think this is going to be a lower scoring game than people expect. Something along the lines of 2024. Packers win by four. So I I agree. Packers win because of Aaron Rodgers. The 49ers are competing not because of Jimmy G. They're competing in spite of him. So I think they can compete with the Packers. Ultimately, they'll fall short by four points. So take the 49ers on the spread. Take the Packers on the money line because Aaron Rodgers is just unfortunately too good he's too good and, and my maybe my final point on it too as well as you know 49ers were so successful and moving Debo around and doing a little end arounds and coming bringing him out of the backfield 
In terms of stopping end of rounds, I mean, that's something that you could do pretty easily as a football team. And I think the Packers can snuff that out, which makes Jimmy G have to move the ball vertically down the field a little bit more. It gives them a shot. And, Jack, I'm really curious to see, are they going forward on every fourth down, the Packers, in this game after last year? I mean, like, what is what what number of fourth down did they not go for it? Is it fourth and ten at their, at their own 20? Is it the only time they don't go for it on fourth down? Because I think Rodgers is going to want to go for it every time. I don't think Matt LaFleur is even going to have a chance to make those decisions. I, yeah. I think as soon as it's fourth down, he's going to look. I can't hear you. I'm yeah. just going to want to play. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah, he's going to look at his, his play sheet, look up at, at Aaron. Aaron's just going to be that, just yeah. wave him off, and then he's have already called his own play that he's running. What? What? I, what? Okay. <laughs> the, 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 well, ah, it's too bad they're not playing in New England. You know, there's a, those rumors that the headsets uh, cut out all the time yeah, in New England. Plug, yeah. Yeah, I they're going to be aggressive. And I think because of that, the 49ers are not going to be able to pull out the victory, even if they hang in close. Now, I've got to know, Matthew Stafford, you've seen him for years in the NFC North. First year in the NFC West, heads to Tampa Bay to take on the GOAT as three-point underdogs. What say you about playoff Matt Stafford? Well, credit where credit's due last week. I thought he came up with a couple of fantastic throws. You know, there was a downfield 40-yard bomb to Van Jefferson that was a fantastic throw. He was able to connect with Odell Beckham, and of course he still has Cooper Cup. And Sonny Michelle was able to give him, I think, just a little bit enough there to get him get him ahead. I think, you know, we're going to talk a lot about the quarterbacks for sure, Stafford versus Brady, on and on. This is a pass rush game for me, and it's going to be who gets home, right? I think in both cases, whoever gets home is probably going to win this game because if you give Matt Stafford a hard time, look, you know, I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. I think he's going to have – he's probably going to falter. They don't have the running game to probably counterbalance that, and I think the Buccaneers are in a great position. In terms of the other side, the only way to stop Tom Brady is to get to him, right? And now you have all of a sudden Aaron Donald and you got Vaughn Miller and you got Leonard Floyd on that defensive line going after him. If they can get that happen, they're going to have a hard time. Jack, you know, I went to this game earlier in the year at SoFi. I went to Rams Buccaneers. Um, I am so jealous. Yeah, I had a family member call and I was like, I had no horse in the race, but I was like, I got to see Tom Brady live and look like. The Rams won that game, but Tom Brady moved the ball down the field at will. They just couldn't get it done in the red zone and put points on the board. So now the question is, can Tom Brady do that? I see another close one in this one. I am – I'm leaning Buccaneers. I really am. Um, I thought the Rams played great last week, but, again, they're on the road. It's a pass rush issue for me too as well, and when it comes down to it, I think Brady can do just enough. I see more field goals than people probably imagine in this one or maybe would like to see. I'm feeling Buccaneers, man. What say you? I have to go with Matthew Stafford in this one. And yeah. part of the reason is the injuries to Bucks right tackle, the all pro Tristan Wirfs mm-hmm. and their center, Ryan Jensen. Now Jensen came back, but he's still banged up. Wirfs mm-hmm. might be completely out the mm-hmm. backup right tackle. Josh Wells, he's banged up too. I think the injuries on the offensive line of the Buccaneers is what makes the difference. That is, and Mike Evans being locked down by Jalen Ramsey because no one else scares you at wide receiver. Obviously Gronk's his own beast, but I think that the Rams are going to be able to pull this one out. And a lot of, this has caused a lot of debate amongst Lions fans there. Are you rooting for Stafford or are you rooting for the draft pick? Personally, 
I am rooting for Matt Stafford because if you look at draft history, the perfect example, the Lions took Gerard Davis, Jared Davis, however, uh, we, we like to forget about him. But two R's, two R's, it's all good. Yeah, we like, we like to forget because he was picked 20th overall. 10 picks later was TJ Watt. Yeah. I'd rather just root for Matthew Stafford. He deserves all of the success. So I'm a bit biased in this one, but I'm taking the Rams to cover and to win outright. Yeah, as you should. I mean, yeah, what? The the 24th pick and the 28th pick or whatever. I mean, guys, let's be real here. I mean, even in the draft index, I don't think you're losing a whole lot of points on that front. So, and I'm with you, man. I think you guys should. I mean, as, as Lions fans, I think Matt Stafford, you know, I, I just go back to even with Megatron, you know, he gave you some, he gave you some actually some really good memories. And you mentioned Jim Caldwell at the top of the pod. And I, I mean, that's probably the best looking Lions team since Scott Mitchell. And, you know, honestly, like what? And Well, yeah, now after, very, the, Bengals, you know, after and, the Bengals won that playoff game, now the Lions are on the longest lost streak or sorry, longest streak without a playoff victory. Oof. 91 with Barry Sanders, with Jerry Ball and that entire crew. Wow. I mean, well, we only have, we only have two, we only have two playoff wins this century. So, I mean, we're not that, we're not that far away, you know, don't worry about it. But no, I hope you guys are rooting for Matt Stafford. I mean, he did, he did right by you guys. He put up some numbers. It wasn't always his fault. Um, You know, he threw some fourth quarter interceptions, but who doesn't, you know what I mean? I I would be, I'd be rooting for him as well. Absolutely. I think that, he deserves it. He deserves all of our goodwill. So that's my stand. That's the hill I'm going to die on. Now, for the main event, and I think this truly deserves to be the main event, the final game of the weekend, Sunday evening football, Sunday night football, because it's 6 p.m. They're treating us East Coast people early. We'll get the early bedtime on Sunday. Kansas City, Buffalo. Casey's favored by two at home right now. That's dropped down already. They opened at two and a half point, bet it down. I won't be surprised if this line keeps shifting towards the bills. It's that close. And I think I'm going to have to take Buffalo because we talked about that feeling. Josh Allen and this, this bills team, just, they have that aura around them. I'm right there with you. Now, this this actually flies against, you know, you know, the reason why I pick in Buccaneers is, you know, going against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes often can be a fool's errand, right? You know, and, but here's my thing with the Buffalo Bills is, and I try and look for this with every Super Bowl team. And it's the reason why teams like the 49ers a couple of years ago, Baltimore Ravens of a couple of years before that. I just think the Buffalo Bills have the most balance of any other NFL team out there right now. If you look at it from a fantasy perspective, all season long, they were top five in, Fewest fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. And that didn't change. It wasn't like they got on some sort of hot streak later on in the season. That was from week three and week four all the way through. They were a red light matchup all along the way. So I think that defense stands up. On top of that, all of a sudden you're seeing Devin Singletary. Speaking of my fantasy team, uh, Devin Singletary all of a sudden is playing football. Hooray. Fantastic. He's got it going now. Uh, something that probably could have helped me two months ago. But, <laughs> I, but I really like I really like Dawson Knox. You forget the fact that Stefan Diggs is still one of the premier receivers in the game. And right, you got a guy that Josh Allen that can go drive for drive with a guy like Patrick Mahomes right now. I just think that they're possibly not just because of last week and not because of, you know, there have been some uneven performances. They just kind of have that, that, that vibe to me. Enough of that balance. Enough of that. This is their time. 
enough of that Josh Allen playing the way that he's playing right now. You know, he didn't really have a down year when he threw, what, one or two less touchdowns than he did the year before in his breakthrough season. I think they can take down the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't really trust Jarek McKinnon to be the bell cow in the backfield. I definitely don't trust it if it's Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back there too as well. I think they can get to Patrick Mahomes and fluster him just enough. We've seen with the Kansas City Chiefs that they can't play four quarters. And yeah. even against the Steelers, they took that first quarter off a little bit to sort of sort things out, and then they got it going. That's great. I don't think you can do that against the Buffalo Bills. I think the Bills can straight up win this game. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I think it might not be close. I mean, I'm not saying they beat them by 10 points or more, but I think the Chiefs could seriously be chasing in this game, and I like the Bills to win. Exactly. And I mentioned it with the Bengals taking their foot off early against the Raiders. The Bills have never done that. The entire time that Sean McDermott's been a head coach, he's been getting the poor sportsman criticism. To that, I say, stop him. Stop him. And they can't. No one can stop Josh Allen when he's on fire. The only possible way I see the Bills sputtering out is if bad Josh Allen shows up like against the Jacksonville Jaguars in that blip this season. But the way they've been playing, the way this entire team just feels the vibe that they have. I don't see it happening. I think that we're going to be looking at AFC championship, Joe Burrow versus Josh Allen. And that's wow. That's a really great point that you brought up the Bengals like this too. And I think we can't underestimate what the bills just did to the Patriots last week. It goes beyond beyond the seven possessions and the seven touchdowns. And it goes beyond the 45 points. They were the punching bag for the Patriots. For how long? You know, decades, what I mean? decades, and then all of Josh Allen's career and this iteration of this coaching staff and all the players that are on there to slay the dragon like that gives you just the utmost confidence. And I'm going to start bending sports, but go back to for us when when Jordan finally beat the Pistons in 1991. Go back to when the Chicago Cubs finally beat the St. Louis Cardinals in the uh, the 2015 playoffs. You know what I mean? That, that stuff means something to organizations, fan bases, but also to the players that are out there on the field, which makes them believe they can do anything. So they're not scared of the Kansas City Chiefs by any stretch of the imagination because they just beat the one the team that maybe they were more scared of than Patrick Mahomes himself, right? And I think that can mean something. That can carry them in this game, and I think that's why they might have the edge and why they'll probably win the game. And it's not just that victory. It's back-to-back wins against the Patriots. Remember, yeah. they lost the win bowl where – Mac Jones threw three passes the entire game, but back-to-back wins against the, the empire yeah. with emperor Bill Belichick in the hood. Yeah. 78 points, right? Isn't that it? Like, yeah. yeah. Combined in those two games. Wow. Yeah. So I think that we're going to be looking at Buffalo hosting Cincinnati. And I think we're going to be looking at green Bay hosting the LA Rams. And then I think, I don't know what happens after that. It feels as though it's four teams of destiny on a collision course. Yeah. I, you know, if it's, oh man, that would be so interesting. I mean, I, I would love, I think, you know, Rogers Brady is always a great matchup. I think that would be a lot of fun. You know, Packers Rams. Roger Stafford once again. Yeah, man, Roger Stafford once again. That would be something, though. What an interesting NFC North storyline if that came to pass. And then it is Matthew Stafford 
is the one that prevents Aaron Rodgers from going to the Super Bowl. And, you know, hopefully would maybe submarine Aaron Rodgers' hope and optimism to stay with the Green Bay Packers. And because of Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers asks for a trade to get out of the NFC North. I, as a Bears fan, tip my hat to him. I would do the I would do the respect thing. <laughs> slow clap. You deserve the slow clap building to thunderous applause for that. I just I need to see it now. I absolutely need to see it. That's that's how we get out of all of this mess of the past couple of years. All will be right in the world when Matthew Stafford eliminates Aaron Rodgers from the playoffs. I'm with it. Sign me up and get your biscuit a ring while we're at it. Get him a Super Bowl ring. Let's just Oh, goodness. Well, maybe we're asking a little bit too much, but uh, <laughs> uh, remember, all of those picks were brought to you by betonline.ag. And Joey, thank you so much for joining me here today. It's been an absolute blast getting to chat with you. I'm looking forward to our next conversation already. Yeah, I can't wait for it. I think maybe next time we get you on uh, my side of things, and maybe we'll do it in a couple weeks. Maybe Bears will actually have a head coach. And maybe we can start talking about some free agency. We can look at both of our teams, do a contrasting pair. Obviously, as the days pass on, we'll get a little bit closer to talking about NFL draft stuff, which I always really, really enjoy. And keep in mind, that second first-round pick that you guys get, if it is in the 26, 27, 28 range, the Bears are going to be at 39. So we're gonna, we could be able to talk about some similar prospects too as well. But yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Jack. Um, love your content. Uh, say hi to Jerry Ball for me. Everyone checking out this, got to make sure that you follow Jack on Twitter. Follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Um, and, yeah, doing Believe in Bears. A lot of great content coming up as we track who's going to be the next coach and next GM. And also make sure you check out Bet on Chicago, too, as well. That is the show that covers not just the Chicago Bears, but the White Sox, the Cubs, the Bulls, the Blackhawks, as well as Chicago pop culture, Midwest pop culture. And, oh, I am doing a couple movies coming up, too, as well. A little entertainment stuff as well to check out. So something for everybody. Well, and especially you mentioned the Chicago Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, another Canadian connection, former uh, Toronto Raptor. So we love Love it. it. Make sure you check Joey out everywhere you can find him at Joey Sports Guy. And he's got the links there. And as always, thank you for tuning in. Until next time, we will see you next time. I believe, I believe, I believe. I love the Lions. Say it with me. I love the Lions. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.